You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God. For he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means.
great to have you here at BCF this morning on this wonderful, fabulous Sunday morning. Father, we give you thanks and praise for your goodness and your outstretched arm and your extended hand to us, Lord. It contains blessing, goodness, and favor. And Lord, we just love you. We abide in your word as your words abide in us, and we can ask you for anything. And you shall be, it shall be given to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord together. Are you ready to worship this morning? Let's stand together. I'm walking in victory. I'm walking in peace. I'm doing it all with the joy of the
to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. He's able. He's able. Seated above, throne in the Father's love. Destined to die. Yeah. 
Thank you for being here and speaking to us. I have all the authority in heaven and earth, Jesus said. But then he said, I command you to go. I've given you authority to go and to do my work and to do my will. Take your authority over the enemy. Take your authority over your territory. Wherever your foot treads, it shall be yours. Go and declare my word. Go and release my goodness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Satan, your worship team. We have an amazing worship team. Hallelujah. And we're so glad that we get to worship the Lord. This is a good atmosphere. It's an atmosphere free of fear. It's free of fear and full of victory. Amen. 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 
Thank you, Lord. Well, we're going to exercise our authority in possessing by speaking God's word on possession. So let's uh, make our confession of faith. God God is very good good to us. His His Holy Holy Spirit Spirit reveals to us what God God has freely given to us. We We haven't enjoyed the good things that God has made available to us. We are greatly blessed by the Lord, and we possess the gates of our enemies. We are joint heirs with Jesus, and we take hold of all our inheritance. The Lord has separated us to himself, and he has given us territory to possess. Our land is fruitful, productive, thriving, and flourishing. God gives us his best. Wherever Father God has planted us, we take possession of our land. By doing God's commands, statutes, and judgments, we gain divine wisdom and understanding and become great in God's sight. We are God's people, his priests who minister to him. We eat the wealth of nations and prosper in God. Instead of shame, we have a double portion. Instead of humiliation, we shout for joy over our portion. Jesus is our portion. In our land, we possess double and everlasting joy belongs to us. God faithfully rewards us and makes an everlasting covenant with us. Everything that God has promised has been made available to us, and we can possess it all. God establishes and confirms us in Christ, and he anoints us. We are never disappointed because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through Holy Spirit who was given to us. Everything in the Bible is for our instruction. We are encouraged by God's written word to have hope and we overflow with confidence in his promises. We glorify, praise, and honor the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Well, while I'm up here, I'll give an update on Guyana. I just came back on Thursday night. Uh, Yeah. Thursday night. I traveled, started traveling. I left the home at 11.30 p.m. on the Wednesday night. And I got to the Harrisburg airport, and I got home at 11.30 Thursday night. That was a bit of a long, longer trip than I planned. <laughs> but there were lots of layovers and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, um, when you hear ministers want their own plane, please don't say bad things about it. Because honestly... <laughs> The distance between here and Guyana is a five-hour plane ride. I could have gone twice back and forth in the time it took me just to get back because I was using commercial travel. So you know what I'm saying? Just agree with people who have to do this, that they have their own transportation in the air, not just on earth, (laughs) not just on land, but they have it in the air as well because it it will help a lot. And um, But anyway, the orphanage is so much better. I was just so pleased. 
the kids have matured well. <laughs> There's not a lot of, miss, 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 he did this to me. It was just so minimal. And uh, the staff is just amazing. They are doing a fantastic job. Um, I still need another staff for the weekend to help because we are short a person. But, you know, <laughs> when you're in charge of something and God gives you something to watch over, you have to watch over it. So even though I'm all the way here, I do pay close attention and I watch over when I'm there and I observe. And I had to make a lot of changes <laughs> over the last few couple of years in staff and in what we do in our practices. But it's finally coming together. So that gives me a lot of hope. <laughs> and uh, when I was there officially, all the paperwork for the transfer of the home from mom and dad's name to my name was officially completed. That was a great thing. That was a big deal because it's a lot of things. <laughs> and I just want to encourage you to thank God for America. Thank God for America. Don't let the devil take over our systems. If you go somewhere and it's complicated, speak against it in the spirit realm and say, God, we bring back the simplicity of your way. Whenever you have to do something and it gets really complicated, the devil is involved. You just know that the devil is involved in all complications. God's way, it's always easy. And so if we're not, if we start getting used to things being hard to do over here, when God gives you something to do and it's easy, you're going to think it's not valuable. You're going to think something's wrong with it because it was so easy. And when you're in a place where everybody's conditioned to do 10 steps instead of one, and when you do one, they have a little bit of a mistrust on it because it can't be this easy. So it's all conditional. I went to the U.S. Embassy while I was over there. Oh, my gosh. I was like, I was lingering in the embassy. <laughs> Because you do feel like you're in America when you're in the U.S. Embassy, which was a, a welcome, refreshing feeling. <laughs> I was able to get a lot of information to help me with the kids when we want to bring them over for their student visas. Um, one of our kids was turned down, and it turned out that she was lied to by the person that interviewed her because they told her they're not giving out student visas right now, and I found out that they are. So I was given an email for her to send an email to you. She could actually question her case for review, which I didn't know. So now we know how to do that. We have a contact to do that. You see, so God will make a way where there seemed to be no way. We just have to not sit down and give up on it. We have to be actively pursuing for the way. It's like if you're walking through jungle, you know, and you got your machete and you just start making a path. Well, it's kind of sometimes these things are the same way. But, you know, I always believe that God does a permanent work. And in that when he heals you, he heals you. When he makes a way, I count that as a highway that's been made. I don't got to redo it. It's already been made. So this is the way I look at things. And that's how I'm looking at things in, in Guyana. So thank you, everyone who supported my trip. All the toys and the gifts that were given, the hair dryers, all that huge blessing. And um, I'm planning to send a couple of barrels for them here soon. Uh, there's a lot of things that we need at the home that are so expensive over there. It's like three times the price over there. 
So it was not worth it for me to buy it there. It's actually beneficial for me to buy it here and ship a barrel. So I'll come up with a list, and maybe we can all chip in together and get one or two items on the list. It'll make it, it'll make uh, light of the work, <laughs> and um, and and it will be a blessing to the to the home. You know. So thank you guys. We're all part of this. I think uh, I think there's still some suspicion with the agencies I have to work with that somehow I'm making a lot of money from doing this. And the thought that somebody would do this without making any money at all <laughs> is pretty not, you know, it's not, not heard of. So that is some of the stuff, you know, that you deal with. But I believe that God created us all and every person has a plan on this earth that was written about them before they ever came. That's why you came because God had a plan for you. And that's how I see the children, and that's what I teach them. That's what I say to them every time I'm talking to them. Oh, by the way, four or five of our kids represented their school in sports. This was sports time where they have track and field and all these things. And they got first and second places. I was like, yeah, we feed our kids well. (laughs) They're strong. So they did very well. The one thing that I cannot do, which just pains me, (laughs) I'm hoping this law changes, I cannot take pictures of the kids to post or anything like that. And because that was in my head, I honestly did not really take pictures even to show you guys. This is crazy. But I was so busy. And But the kids, because, as long as they're in the system, as it's called, in the system, I'm not allowed to take a picture of them. Even if they're 17, 18 years old, I'm not allowed to take a picture of them and post it. So... People have to just imagine that we have children. We have 26 kids. <laughs> we have four kids that may be coming in. We're still waiting on them to come in. They're four siblings. They would be our youngest, uh, a four-year-old, a five-year-old, a six-year-old, and a nine-year-old, all from the same family. The father's in prison. The mother is going to be having a restraining order against her. I'm not sure what they did to these kids. But they want to keep them all together, and they're you know, pursuing us to bring them. Um, they are adoptable, so that's good. Um, and so we're hoping for a family to take all four of the little babies and and take care of them. So uh, just pray for the home. Pray for the staff. They have a lot of work to do. There's a lot of decisions to make. You know that you can't teach somebody how to make those decisions. They just have to know how to make a decision in a moment. And um, and so we just pray for their wisdom and their protection, they, that they can get good rest. It was so hot. Uh, <laughs> But we we had two, so now our boy's side and our girl's side have air conditioners. Thank you, Jesus. Because it is, they're upstairs, so the heat rises, you know, so it's even hotter up there. Well, what we discovered was when the girl's air conditioner, air conditioning system was turned on, it blew out half the lights in the building. So we called into electricians, and they were checking, and none of the fuse things flipped. You know how you go first to the box and think something flipped, right? Nothing was flipped. They, we, we, we recreated everything that we did. Nothing happened. Everything stayed on. No bad thing. So I'm like, this answer must be found. <laughs> I need this answer found. So they're leaving. They're leaving. And then as they're leaving, one of the guys happened to look up at our building, which you have to look up pretty high. And notice that the wire that brings the electricity to the building is so tiny, it's actually like a phone charger wire size. I'm looking at this going, and they go, that's the problem. Mind you, this building has been operating for 15 plus years. And I always wondered when I go there, why are the lights so dim in Guyana? They're so dim. I'm trying to figure out what bulb can we get to put in these lights. They're so dim. 
Well, they're not dim anymore because <laughs> these guys were able to get all the wiring we need and everything else, and they fixed it. So now we have full power to the building. Thank you, Jesus. That was a missing thing, and we didn't even know. So I believe that when you show up in the place, all the problems will probably expose itself. You just have to know how to handle it. So, um, so those are some of the things that we fixed. The power, the couches were falling apart, you know, 26 kids jumping. I don't think any child ever sits on a couch. And I think we just need to plan for it. You know what I'm saying? I remember when I was a child, I never really sat on a couch. I, I didn't go in front of the couch to sit down. I kind of like came in from the back. And I'm a girl. Well, we got a lot of boys. And I know this. They're all kind of doing the gymnastics move when they're coming into the couches. And so everybody's trying to tell them. You say, I said, we're just, it's not, we're not going to win this battle. We got to plan for it. Like, we just got to plan for it. You know what I'm saying? It's like instinctive. It feels awkward to go sit on the couch when you could just like flip over the back of it. You know, just like do a good, you know. So... <laughs> We have a few gymnasts in the in the orphanage, and they are really good at this gymnastics thing. They can do like boom; they can just start flipping everywhere. And the couches are a good soft landing, so so I'm having some couches repaired and all that. Every time I go, I spend so much money because there's so much to do. So hey, I'm looking for monthly supporters as I stand here speaking to you. Recurring payments on PayPal is possible. You just hit the recurring. You go on PayPal, donate to, to the orphanage, blessedjournhome.org is our website. Go to the donations page, hit PayPal to donate and say, yes, I'd like to recur this every month at this time. And that gives me a good base to work with. Amen. But thank you guys for all your support. You've been a blessing. And the kids are growing up strong. They love their church, which is a plus. Um, their pastor, the church there that they go to is very dynamic. It's a word of faith church in the middle of everything. So I don't know if they call themselves word of faith, but they are. They're hooked up to uh, Mac Hammond in, uh, is it Kansas? Where? Minneapolis. Pastor Mac Hammond, which is a word of faith preacher, and um, his wife is a prayer person. And this pastor and his wife, they are that too. And uh, our kids remembered the messages from weeks and months ago. They were telling me what the pastor preached and how it helped them. I went, yes, this is good. So I'm very happy about that. So we're going to keep that relationship going and keep it strong. So thank you guys so much. God bless you. Good morning, everybody. Okay. Today is October 22nd. We have lots of announcements, but first, I want to say happy birthday to Stephen. <laughs> Today is his actual birthday, and he is 27. Yeah, I got it wrong a couple days ago, so I'm excited that I remembered. <laughs> okay. This month, since we're in October, is Pastor Appreciation Month. Woohoo! <laughs> okay so we want to celebrate our pastors all year long but make an intentional effort this month to say that you appreciate them that you love them that you bless them all the different ways all the different love languages that we've learned testify of like their goodness and their love that they have shown you because i know they show it to everybody um this week on tuesday we have this generation and that's in the afternoon. That's the middle school program. And it is taking off. I just know it. The kids are learning all sorts about their purpose and their identity and their life and the word of God. And they have a great time. And then Tuesday evenings at 6 p.m. is youth group. New generation. 
If you can't remember all the names, just remember generations. That's what we're about, okay? <laughs> so the services that we have on Tuesdays at Youth Group have been awesome. They've been on fire. Like, Jesus shows up every time, every single time. So invite teenagers, tell everybody you know. Wednesday is Wednesday Night Refreshing, and it is awesome to be here in the house of the Lord in the middle of the week. Because I don't know about you, but Monday and Tuesday, especially at school some days, they can be kind of rough. So I'm glad when I get to church on Wednesday. Gives me a boost for like the rest of the week. Thursday is Bible Adventure. And so that is our elementary school program. And all the kids from our elementary schools come. And that's been expanding. They tell all their friends because they have such a fun time. Sing songs and play games and get to know one another. Volunteers are needed in any capacity. There's, like, listeners. There's, like, drivers, people to watch the door, watch the kids, you know, make sure they're safe. Any kind of capacity. If you are willing to serve, then you can see Chris Frenchek about that. And then Pastor Doug is going to Liberia in November. I realize I kind of skipped months. That's okay. Keeps you on your toes, right? Which I realized, speaking of keeping people on their toes, I think I did announcements last week, right? Yeah, I wasn't supposed to do them this morning. (laughs) But I didn't remember that I just did them last week. So in my head, I woke up like, I am ready for announcements. (laughs) So you get me two weeks in a row. (laughs) So Pastor Doug is going to Liberia in November around the time of Thanksgiving. They are doing a victory crusade. How awesome is that? (laughs) Their goal is to bring healing, victory, and life to Liberia. So Pastor Doug is going, Reverend Stephen Hoffman is going, and Reverend Gabe Pishka is going. Which sounds weird to say because I just know him as Gabe. But Reverend Gabe Pishka is going (laughs) too. (laughs) Yeah, so it is November 20th through the 28th. So they're going to have a great time. They are still looking for funds. About 5000 is still needed because they bring all the supplies for the crusade so that all the pastors in the areas and the tribes can actually come and not have to worry about, like, food and, like, the preparations and everything. So to be, we want to be a blessing to them through sowing seed in other countries because then they go back to all of their villages all over the countries and take the gospel with them, what they learned, which is really cool. All right, back to October. (laughs) So in, is it a week? It's this week. Oh, my goodness. You guys already know what I'm talking about. It's the Inheritance Family Conference. (laughs) Right? All about generations. We want the whole family. So, So I don't forget, there is a brief meeting for all of the volunteers who are helping out with the conference right after service today. It will be short. It's just to keep everybody organized so everybody knows what's happening. There is still time to register. You can register online or in the bookstore. And Reverend John George will be our guest speaker. He will also be here that Sunday as well. And Pastor Doug and Dr. Fiona will be speaking as well. We're going to have lots of fun games for the kids, worship, prizes. It's going to be a blast. So invite people that you know. Okay, that's all the announcements. I learned about um, combustion a little bit. I read that all the mechanics are going to be like, no, duh, but (laughs) that's okay. So most of the things that are powered are all powered by gas, right, by oil. And 
diesel, gasoline, all of the engines, the motors, most of our modes of transportation, that's what they're all powered by. And I realized as I was reading about that, that it's all, all it needs is heat. That's the whole reason we use the oil is for heat, to heat the air, because all of the vehicles run on the one concept that air expands when it gets heated up. So all it needs is fire in whatever form that comes in. It heats up the air, and that's what actually propels the motors. It's not actually the gas. The gas is just the way to get to, like, fire, so that way the air heats up and propels you forward. Or, with hot air balloons, propels you upwards, too. <laughs> right? I was stunned. I was like, it's all about the air and the fire. So all we have to do, right, like, is just get a spark fire, Holy Spirit, it just heats everything up because there's no resistance then. It doesn't matter how many molecules there are. It just matters that there's air there and there's fire. So as everything heats up, there's no resistance. The molecules just start bouncing around, and whatever it's near, it pushes that. Isn't that awesome? So with the fire of Holy Spirit, we just heat things up. There's no resistance, and we push things forward and upward. Amen? All right, that's all for today. I think Melissa's a Holy Ghost cheerleader. Well, we're glad that you're here this morning. You're in the right place at the right time. And we got the fire and there's air in here, so things ought to be moving. Amen? And with all the reverends going to Africa, we ought to rev it up pretty good. Amen? Um, our host, uh, his name is uh, Pastor Hamilton... Uh, Bly, and uh, he, uh, he's been having meetings with uh, the pastors. He has a grassroots network, about 20, 30 churches, and uh, so twice now he's, he's uh, messaged me on Facebook Messenger, and I, I've gotten to participate in the meeting, to, at least to say hi and to, to bless the people there, so we're very excited to go and to touch another nation, amen? amen. You know, God's interested in nations. And from a place like Palmyra, we can touch the nations. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, I want you to turn to uh, 1 Chronicles 29 before we dismiss the kids. 1 Chronicles 29. Hallelujah. And uh, I want you just to look at uh, verses uh, uh, 9 to 12. 1 Chronicles 29. Verses uh, 9 to 12. And it says, uh, Then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly. That's cheerful givers. Amen? They, they, they gave something willingly and they, they rejoiced over it because with a perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. You know, when you give to God, it ought to excite us. Because we know that whatever we give to God, he gives back to us good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. And, uh, and uh, David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Woo! David was a champion giver. Because the people gave, they rejoiced, but he rejoiced with great joy. And actually, if you, if you take all the stuff that David gave for the temple, it was about a billion dollars of his own money. Someone say Amen. I just gave a billion dollars. Glory to God. Praise God. All right. And then it says, uh, verse 10, Wherefore David blessed the Lord 
before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be you, Lord, God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and earth is yours. Everybody say heaven and earth. It belongs to God, not the devil. Amen. So we got to kick the devil off some territory. Hallelujah. We, we play king of the mountain and we serve the king of the mountain. So we, we win. Now notice verse 12. This is very interesting. Both riches and honor come from you. Say riches and honor. Come from God. Riches come from God? Yes. All the gold and silver is his. Amen. And you reign over all. And in your hand is power and might. And in your hand is it is to make great and to give strength to all. That's the God we serve. Amen. Of course, as you give today, you can give any time during the service. We don't pass a container. But we do have two containers as you come in and buy the bookstore there. And uh, you, if you need a card, you can use the bookstore. You could, there's all kinds of ways to bring it in. And we thank you for bringing it in. Amen. And if you're watching online, you can go to our website and you can do it that way. Father, I pronounce a blessing on the givers and their gifts. And Lord, we thank you that it builds your kingdom, it builds your body, and it spreads your work. And Lord, we thank you that uh, our gifts are fueling the proclamation of your message all over the world. And we give you thanks and praise for your goodness and your reward on us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, we got some kids in here for Kids Life. So kids, we're going to dismiss you. Have a good one. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. God is up to something good. God bakes the cake and the Holy Spirit puts the icing on it. Hallelujah. And there's enough for everybody to take a bite. Have more than more. Uh, have as much as you want. Yes. Amen. <laughs> you know God didn't limit the fish and, and loaves. He said whatever you want to take. You know, and there, thousands of people got fed, and there was leftovers. Amen. That's the kind of God we serve. He's called El Shaddai, not El Chipo. He's He's more than enough, all sufficient, Almighty. Amen. Hallelujah. And and God shares his might with us. Hallelujah. Spirit of God is called the spirit of might. Amen. All right. Are you ready for the word? Are you really ready for the word? If all we had was the word and the Holy Spirit, would that be enough? Some of you were kind of subdued on that thing. No, the word and the spirit, it's everything. Amen? Jesus said, the words that I speak, their spirit and their life. I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. And we're going to look at verse 11 to begin. I love this, this message has been progressively shaping. And God added a few ingredients this morning during worship. Amen. And I was changing some things this morning about it. Hallelujah. Isaiah 55, verse 11. So shall 
my word be. God has a purpose for his word. That goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. But it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing where I sent it. God's word was meant to be accomplished. And it was meant to prosper. And God's word demands action. It demands a response. So I want to talk to you today about hearing the word with a will to do. How many have a will to do? Whatever God says. Because what God says is not going to make sense to your head. But it makes perfect spiritual sense. It didn't make sense for a man with a withered hand to stretch forth his hand. But because the word said stretch forth your hand, he responded by stretching forth his hand. And in stretching forth his hand, his hand was made whole. It was the action that met the command that produced the power. Amen? It's the action that meets the command that produces the power. All right? Go to Genesis chapter 1. Well, let, let me read Isaiah fifty-five eleven again. So shall my word be, not just anybody's word, but God's word. That goes forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void. In other words, it's looking, when God's word goes out of his mouth, it's looking for a place to receive it. And to welcome it. And to accept it. And to believe it. Amen? It's like a helicopter looking for a landing pad. Right? And it's, it's, it's hovering until it finds that spot where God's looking for a place to land and the perfect landing spot is our hearts. It shall not return void unto me, but it shall accomplish that which I please. When a healing word goes forth, God accomplishes health. When a, an overcoming word goes forth, God accomplishes a great victory. When a delivering word goes forth, deliverance happens. Amen? When a helping word goes forth, you receive help. Because God's word accomplishes what he set it out to do, and it shall prosper in the thing where I sent it. But in order for God's word to prosper, there needs to be a response. Go to Genesis 1.1, actually verse 3. And God said, let there be light, and what happened? The light came on. There was a response into void darkness. The earth responded to what was what it was told. God said, let there be light. And boom, the lights came on. Because God's word demands a response. And those who willingly receive the word, they receive it in such a way that they're committed to do it. Amen? When you came here today, you're going to hear some words. But you have to... You have to come ready to do what is said. Amen? Oftentimes when Jesus healed people, it was a command. 
Pick up your mat and walk. Go wash in the pool of Siloam. Right? Commands. Not prayers. Not requests. But commands coming from the supreme authority. The ultimate authority. Jesus. Who was the word made flesh. Amen? All right. Let's... uh, Let's go to uh, the book of Hebrews. Hallelujah. Thank you, you, Lord Jesus. And we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 1. And uh, the Bible says, well, we'll start with verse 1, Hebrews 1, 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. All right? So God spoke in times past by the prophets. And he has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also made the worlds. So God speaks Jesus. How many of you all speak Jesus? Amen. He speaks Jesus. God has spoken to us in these last days by his son Jesus, through his word. Right? So God speaks to us through the word. He speaks Jesus. Amen. I don't speak Jesus. Get born again and you can speak Jesus. Amen? Put faith in God and you can speak Jesus. You don't have to go to school to learn how to speak Jesus. Amen? You just have to receive him in your heart. Okay? So if God speaks to us Jesus, John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Right? And all things are made by him. So... God speaks to us by Jesus, so therefore he speaks to us by the word. And the Holy Spirit speaks the word. Right? All right, go to, go to John 16. John 16, verse 13. John 16, 13. Hallelujah. Jesus is talking here. Is Jesus an expert on the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. How be it when he, the spirit of what? Truth. truth. I want you to remember, Jesus, uh, Holy Spirit, he's the spirit of truth. When he comes, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into what? And what is all true? The word of God. That's a few of you that know that. Say the Bible is all true. And if the Holy Spirit, he's the spirit of truth, he's going to guide you into the truth, therefore he's going to guide you into the word. Amen? Did you know that everything God does is by the book? Because his book contains written words that he spoke to people. Amen? The Bible is full, the Bible is God's word. 
It's alive. It's quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to pierce to the dividing asunder between soul and spirit, joints and the marrow. The word is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. The word can dissect you. Only the word can dissect your motives. People may not know what you do, but the, the word does. Amen? Okay? Verse So he's the spirit of truth. He'll guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. Okay? If Holy Spirit's not going to speak of himself, what's he going to say? For whatever he shall what? Hear. That shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak anything he hasn't heard. Because he hears it from God, and then he speaks it to us. Amen? And that's a right now word. You know, you might be facing a situation today. And you need to know what God, you know, what God said is just as much relevant as what he's saying. Because God's word is eternal. It's forever settled. Right? But you might be facing a situation today, physically, financially, mentally, socially, whatever, and you need a word from God, right? You need a right now word and the Holy Spirit, he could bring something to your remembrance, what God's already spoken to you to help you out of the situation because he knows exactly the word that you need. Because he knows what word is required for this moment and for this situation. This is why Jesus never used the same method of healing people. Why? He was given a right now word for each situation that he was in. So there was no pattern. He, he, laid, he touched people. People touched him. He spoke to them. People were anointed with oil, right? Uh, all different methods of healing. But he, he dealt with people differently because he, he was listening to the Holy Spirit speaking him the truth in that moment. And Jesus only did what he heard. He only performed what he saw his father do. Okay? So, if God is speaking to us by Jesus, we need to hear what he's saying so that we can do what he says. Amen? Amen. If you need a miracle, well, you need to hear what God is saying so that you can do what he said. Right? You know, the first miracle that Jesus performed... What was the condition of it? Whatever he what? Says. Then what? Do it. Say whatever he says. Do it. Say whatever the Lord says. I'm going to do it. He didn't say question it. He didn't say reason about it. He didn't say think about it. He said do it. Whatever he says do it. That's the key to every miracle. Because that's Jesus' first miracle. You can, you can, you can learn a key from the first miracle for every miracle. Right? Okay. Hallelujah. So, you know, God has a voice. Right? Holy Spirit has a voice. The Word has a voice. 
And we got to be able to recognize God's word over all the other voices in the world. Is this God speaking to me or is this the pizza talking? Well, you got to know how God speaks to you. How are you ever going to learn how God speaks to you? You got to spend time with them. You got to communicate with them. You got to be alone with him. So that you can develop some intimacy with the Lord. Yes, we can learn how God speaks in this atmosphere. Because there is a corporate anointing. But God is also interested in the individual relationship. And we have a corporate relationship with God as his bride, as the church, as the called out ones. But we also have an individual relationship with the Lord. Amen? And we have to maintain that relationship. Because what Jesus says at any given moment is the most relevant thing you ever need to hear at that moment. Because that's going to give you the key to get out or to overcome or to defeat or to gain the victory or to have or to possess whatever it is that you need in that moment. Right? How did Israel plunder the Egyptians? You know, God told Abraham, he said, your people are going to be held captive for 400 years, but they're going to come, they're going to be delivered and they're going to come out with great possessions. That's in Genesis 15. Okay. So now Israel, they're enslaved. Okay. They moved to Egypt with Jacob with 70 people and they grew to an enormous number and it made Pharaoh nervous. And the Pharaoh who was in charge now, he didn't know who Joseph was. I guess he flunked history school, I guess, in Egypt. I mean, if you're, if you're a ruler and you don't know who Joseph was, that's pretty sad. That's like Americans saying, who's Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> Amen? Anyway, so uh, the Egyptians are held, I mean, yeah, the Egyptians held Israel slaves for 400 years. And then God sent the deliverer. And God gave Moses a word. He said to Moses, have the women ask their masters for gold, silver, clothes, and jewelry. Okay? So God gave Moses a word, who gave the people the word, who did what the word said to do. And when God said, okay, now ask, so they asked, and the Egyptians gave them stuff because the Egyptians wanted to see them go. So the Egyptians gave them gold, they gave them silver, they gave them clothes, they gave them jewelry. They got all this, 400 years of back wages came in one day. How did that come about? Because people heard a word from God and they acted on that word. They had a will to do what they heard. And when they did what they heard, they got the results that God wanted them to have. Amen? So... Israel plundered Egypt in one day based on a word from God. Who would have, who, I mean, you would not naturally think to go ask your boss for his stuff. Right? How many would willingly, without a word from God, go to your boss and say, give me your gold, your silver, and your clothes? But... If you have a word from God that says go do that, then you're going to say, can you give me your gold, silver, and, and clothes? And Yeah, here it is. 
Here's my closet. Empty it out. Here's my safe. Empty it out. So what's the difference? There's a difference between when God says it or when we think it. Too many people are trying to get healed with their own opinions or the opinions from others and not the word from God. Did you know that Proverbs 4.20 says, incline your ear to my saying, or he said, attend to my words, incline your ear to my saying, keep them in the midst of your heart, uh, keep them in the midst of their life to those that find them in health to all your flesh. You know, Brother Hagen, he got healed of an incurable blood disease and 16 months of paralysis by the word of God. No one laid hands on him. No one gave him a message of healing. He found it out in the word and the word healed him and the word gave him life. The word is sufficient. Amen. Because the word, the Holy Spirit and the father all agree to it. They don't, they don't, uh, there's no disharmony in God when it comes to the word. The only disharmony comes was when we try to inject our opinions or our experiences or someone else's opinion about what the Word says. A minister told this story one time. He said, uh, after a service, a lady was arguing with him about one of the points that he made. And uh, he kept saying, well, this is what the Word says. She said, no, but this is what the song says. She put the song over the Word of God. And how many know songs can be misleading? Because a lot of songs come out of the soul. They don't come from the word. They come out of experience, but they don't come from the word. Amen? You know when something comes from the word, it's got some power behind it. Okay? So we need to be sensitive to hear God's voice. You know, God is the best communicator, and when he speaks to you, he will talk to you directly. See, this is what differentiates Christianity from any other group that calls themselves a religion, because Christianity is not a religion. Other religions have to interpret the word through the person, but Christianity, God speaks to his people directly. Because when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn in two. That means everyone who believes in Jesus has access to the Holy of Holies. Glory to God. When, when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it's open season for every believer to come into the Holy of Holies whenever they want to. You ha- God has an open door policy. He said, come in anytime, place, anywhere, and I will receive you. Hallelujah. You know, we live in a crazy world. You better be hearing the Holy Ghost today. Why? There's so many lies that take place in the world. Not even going to touch on them. But you, you know what I'm talking about. And we have to be able to hear and identify His voice. So, how the, the Holy Spirit speaks the language of the Word. So, as you... Abide in the word and his words, plural, abide in you. You will be able to hear clearly the voice of the Holy Spirit because he speaks the word of God. Okay. So we can develop a hearing ear. 
What is hearing? It's the process, function, or power of perceiving sound. You know, when, you're he- when you hear, your ear is saying, I got good vibrations. Good, good, good vibrations. Right? Your ear is just really a microphone to hear sound. But the sound actually occurs when it vibrates against your eardrum. And I don't even have all the technical terms because I'm not an ear doctor. But I did read about it. So, yeah, when, when we're hearing sound, you've got a little thing beating against the eardrum. It's, it's causing a vibration. That's what makes the sound that you hear. Amen? When I was in India, you know, the horn and the brakes are probably the most important part of the cars. You hear more horns going off for everything. And, and I was telling my driver, I said, you know what? They need to make different sounds for horns for different things. Like when, when you really need to get someone out of your way, it needs to be like, a, like an air horn, right? Or you need a different sound to say, I'm annoyed at how you're driving. <laughs> but I was laughing because they need different tones for different things. Because, I mean, they... Oh, the very first time I went to India, uh, we were driving for about an hour. And I really had enough of the horn that I could handle. You know, you get to a point where you're like, I don't want to hear this horn anymore. Okay, so we went to a mall. All right? I thought, great. We're in a mall. I'm not going to hear any horns. But there was a train (laughs) in the mall that drove little kids. But it didn't have a set area to go. It went where all the people were walking. And guess what that train had? That train had a horn. And if the people were in the way, that train was honking the horn. I was like, oh, Jesus, help me. That horn was getting on my last nerve, let me tell you. I was really annoyed at that train. Just drive in a set area. My goodness. You don't have to drive where people are walking. (laughs) All right. Go to John chapter 10. If you can't have fun in church, you're pretty sad. (laughs) You got to be able to have fun in church. Amen. Amen. We serve a God who laughs at people that don't think he exists. <laughs> think about that. John chapter 10 and verse 3. To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He leads you out of sickness. He leads you out of poverty. He says, come, Dr. Fiona, let's go into, let's go into wealth. Let's get out of this poverty thing. Amen? He, 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 you hear his voice, and he leads you out. He leads you out of bondage. He leads you out of lack. He leads you out of wondering what your purpose is. And he gives you purpose. So as a sheep, you hear his voice. Amen? Look at verse 4. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. How are you going to follow the Lord if you don't know his voice? Hmm? Because he might lead you through darkness. 
And you got to know the sound of his voice to lead you through darkness. Amen? Because he is the light. All right? Look at verse 16. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold... Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. He's talking about Gentiles. Glory to God, that's you and I. We're, we're part of the, we've been brought into the fold. And we can hear his voice too, amen? amen? Glory to God. What an honor. What a privilege. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, God wants to hear, but we need to hear with a will to do. We can't just hear and not do anything with it. Go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. We're developing our hearing today. Hebrews chapter 4. And verse 2, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. In other words, they heard the word, but they didn't intend to do it. Therefore, because they didn't intend to do it, it didn't profit them. You've got to always hear God's word with the intent to do it, or the intent to have it, or the intent to receive it. Amen? All right? Let's go to um, Isaiah chapter 55. I'm, I'm sorry, 53. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. If you want to be successful in what God wants you to do, you're going to have to develop your listening skills to his voice, to his word. And you've got to be ready to do it at any given moment. You've got to be ready to hear and to do. You know, James tells us that if you hear the word of God and you don't do it, you deceive yourself. People who don't do what they hear are self-deceived. The devil didn't even have to do anything. It's because you, people refuse to do what he said, therefore they are self-deceived. That's Bible. Don't be, don't be self-deceived. And don't be deceived by the devil. Amen? Why? We have the spirit of truth. We have the word of truth. We have Jesus who is the truth. God gave us every means to overcome deception. The truth. It cuts through lies. It cuts through darkness. It cuts through deception. It cuts through hidden things. It reveals things that are hidden. Amen? Amen. The the word has completely disarmed the enemy. And Jesus made a show of him openly. Dragging him through the streets of the spirit realm. Hallelujah. And we're here to enforce that defeat. Isaiah 53, and uh, look at verse 1. 
Who has believed our what? Report. Did you know that God communicates to us in reports? Book report, right? The, the, the 12 spies are supposed to bring back a report. Who has believed our report or our message? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of the dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. As we did, uh, as it were, as we hid our faces from him, he was despised and we were esteemed, uh, and we esteemed him not. Now go to Romans chapter 10. Because Romans chapter 10 is quoting Isaiah 53. Alright? So you see how it's connected. Romans 10 verse 16. He says this. But, well, let's back up and let's go to verse 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Is that true? But in order to call upon the Lord, they're going to have to hear something. Did you know that if God's word needs to enter your heart, it's got to enter through your hearing? It can't end. The word of God doesn't knock down your door. Like he doesn't, you know, he doesn't take a battering ram and, and, and knock down the door. No, the word is a gentleman. It's offered and it, it's only effective to those who receive it. But to those who don't receive it, they don't have to worry about it. But when you receive the word, you have the power to do what it said. Amen? Okay. So, who shall, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How are you going to call on someone in whom you don't believe? Hello? Is anybody out there? Is anybody out there? Hello? Are you there? Can you hear me now? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Hearing is important. And how shall they believe without a preacher? God has set up a form of communication to get his word out through the teaching and the preaching and the proclamation of the word of God. And he's given different gifts to do that. Amen? How can you hear without a preacher? How can the preacher go unless he's sent? Thank God I've been sent to Palmyra. I and Dr. Fiona have been sent to Palmyra. And how shall they preach except they be sent? We didn't just went, we were sent. There's a difference. There's a lot of people who just went. But then there are others that are sent. There's a difference between someone who was sent and someone who just went. What's the difference? Power, results, longevity. Amen? You know, a hireling... He'll leave when the trouble starts. We're not hirelings. We're wolf killers and sheep feeders. And anything that harms the sheep is in our sights to be taken out. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. Isn't that true? Some people who have heard the gospel have not obeyed the gospel. Okay? So, so they weren't in a position to do with what, anything with what they heard. 
Okay, they just let what they heard drop to the ground. All right? They have not believed, they have not all obeyed. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by what? Hearing Hearing and what? The Bible does not say faith comes by having heard. What if you walked into a restaurant tomorrow and you ordered your favorite meal and they said, oh, I've had that prepared for you a week ago. How many would would eat that meal? I've had it sitting on the counter waiting for you. No takers. So why do we think that we can have faith on what we've heard instead of what we're hearing? Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Hearing what? Everybody say, faith comes by hearing the word. The only way that heaven manufactures faith is through hearing the word. There's no other method by which faith can come to you unless you hear the word. Faith doesn't come by praying. Father, can you, can you give me more faith? Yeah, I gave you a book full. Why don't you eat something, right? Take three scriptures and call me in the morning. <laughs> faith doesn't come by serving. Faith doesn't come by fighting big battles. Dr. Fielding knows what I'm talking about that. What, how does faith come? By hearing and hearing the word of God. Why? It's written in scripture. And this word is forever settled. God did not make a oops here. He's like, oh, wait a minute. There's another way that faith can come. No, this is the only way that faith can come. So if you're not in the word, then your faith is going to be very, very, very weak and sickly. Just like you won't eat the meal that's been prepared for you a week ago, sitting on the counter for you. Why do we think that we can live on stale manna? They they were supposed to get the manna every day. That's a type and a shadow of how we're supposed to take our daily walk with God every day. Amen? And under the New Testament, we don't have to take a Sabbath day off because the Lord is our Sabbath. He said, come to me, all those who are heavy laden with burden, I'll give you rest. You can have rest anytime, any place, anywhere by going to Jesus. Because he's the Lord of the Sabbath. Amen? Hallelujah. So, if faith comes by hearing and we're not hearing properly or we're not hearing accurately, then our faith level is is not increasing. It's probably non-existent. <laughs> Verse 18. But I say, have, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went out into the, all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses said... I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are uh, no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and said, I was found of them that sought me not, that sought me not. I was uh, made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But unto Israel he said, all day long I stretched forth my hands unto disobedient and gainsaying people. 
a lot of people are expecting Jesus to come as king. They weren't expecting him to come as a baby. Amen? So when Jesus comes again, the Jews are going to get a revelation. See, in order to believe a report, you've got to receive the report. You can't believe a report that you haven't received. Right? And, uh, you know, just because you hear God's word, it doesn't mean that you have faith. You've got to act on that word. You've got to receive it with a willingness to do it. How many has ever got something from a vending machine? Just because you put money in the vending machine doesn't make what you want come out. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta put the money in, that's one step, but then you gotta pick what you want in order to get what you want. Then it comes out. You've got to act on the money that was de- deposited. You gotta act on the word that's been deposited. You got and the only way that a word can be deposited in you is you gotta hear it. Amen? You trying to get something out of the vending machine is like, uh, writing a check with no money in the account. If you're not acting on it, amen? Hallelujah. Go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. He gives us an indication about different types of hearing. I'm not talking about the guy that went to the pastor and said, Hey, pastor, can you pray for my hearing? And the pastor said, Sure. He laid hands on him. He said, In the name of Jesus, I speak healing over him. And the pastor said, can you hear me now? He said, how's your hearing? And the man said, I don't know. My hearing's not till next week. <laughs> you got to be sure about what hearing you're talking about. Amen. Pastor thought it was physical hearing, but he was talking about a trial. <laughs> Glory to God. Mark chapter 4 and verse uh, 15. Jesus explains the parable of the sower. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. So, okay, the word is going forth. All right? But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Why was Satan able to take it away so quickly? Because they didn't have a will to do it. How does Satan take something away? Through deception. How do we get deceived? By not doing the word. They heard the word, didn't they? But they didn't retain it. It was taken away quickly by Satan. You know, when you hear the word, Satan's going to come. How how quickly is he going to come? Immediately. Now, Satan can't be in one. He can only be in one place at one time. He's not omnipresent. But... There's going to be an attempt to steal the word which you hear, and you've got to be able to resist that. How do you resist it? Get it in your heart. Receive it with a willingness to do it. Amen? Okay, let's go on. Uh, verse 16. And these are they likewise which are sown among stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, they immediately receive it with gladness. Okay, they went a little bit further. They heard the word, now they received it with gladness. So there's some reception there, right? But they have no root in themselves. 
and so endure but for a time. Afterward, affliction, persecution arises for the word's sake. Immediately they are offended. So affliction and persecution because of the word. You're that Jesus person. You go to that church. You're a holy roller. Yeah, I'd rather roll into heaven than slide into hell. But hey, I'm okay with that. Persecution and affliction arise because of what? The word. So persecution and affliction have a a louder voice than the word. So now they're listening to the persecution. Now they're listening to the affliction and they don't last. Why Why is God picking on me? God's not picking on you. The enemy is. God doesn't pick on people. The enemy is a bully. The enemy is the accuser of the brethren. So why blame God for what the enemy does? <laughs> I was listening to Brother Hagin this morning, and he made a statement. He said, I can't believe that people were so stupid that went to Ramah because <laughs> of what they, how they behaved and acted. He said, I, I'm ashamed to say that they went to Ramah. <laughs> Then he said, bless their darling hearts. That's a good southern colloquial. That doesn't mean you're too smart. All right. And and what happens when they start listening to persecution and affliction? They get a what? Offended. Off your end. That means you get knocked down. Off end. I know a lot of people who are offended because of church. That, that's why they're not here. Somewhere along the line, something happened to them in relation to church, and they got offended. So the solution is, let's not go to church. But that's a lie from the enemy. No man is an island to themselves. You know what? We need church one of the reasons we need church is because of fellowship. We've got to fellowship with people. God's a people person. How do we know if you're, if you're walking according to God? We've got to see it. We've got to hear it. Amen? So you've got to show up. Otherwise, the enemy will pick you off. I always tell it this way. The first banana that leaves the bunch gets peeled. Right? So what's the moral of the story? Stay close to the bunch. Right? If you're, if you're still bunched together, you're not eaten or, or peeled. Right? You're just getting more brown. I don't know. <laughs> no. All right, verse 18. All these people heard the word, but they responded to it differently. How are you going to respond to the word you hear? We sang about it this morning. Yes, Lord. Let's just, let's just let our response be whatever God says, yes. Say, whatever you say, Lord, yes. And let's just be ready to do it no matter what. Verse 18. These are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches and lusts of other things enter in. And choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Did you ever think that anything can choke the word? Well, the Bible says the traditions of men make the word of God ineffective. (laughs) I know a lot of religious groups that have allowed the traditions of men to enter in and they become ineffective. 
But God's, God wants to work effectively in us. And it's all based on how we respond to what we hear. You know, sometimes we'll put more faith in a doctor that gives us a prescription than we will in the Lord Jesus Christ that gives us a scripture. We'll take action that's written on the prescription label, but when God speaks, there's no action. And he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the great physician. What would you rather have? A word from a physician or the great physician? There's a difference. Okay? Oh, yeah, but when the doctor gives us a prescription, what do we do? We go to the pharmacy. Right? I got a prescription from the doctor. You need to fill it. They get it filled. Take three times a day. We're diligent about taking it three times a day. You get a scripture, you're like, oh, okay. I can do it if I feel like it. No, there's no feelings about it. If the Lord said it, we do it. Amen? All right. Verse 20. These are they which are sown on good ground. How many of you are good ground? What's good ground? They hear the word, they receive it, and they bring forth fruit. They receive it, they welcome it, and they start to produce something. They start to respond to the word. Amen? The people who were given talents, the two and the five, what did they do? They started producing. They started doing something with what they were given. Amen? They just didn't let it sit. They immediately put it into action. Good ground. It receives the word. Hallelujah. Other translations say it accepts and receives the word. And, and what does it do? It brings forth fruit, 30, 60, or 100 fold. Hey, listen, scriptural, 30, 60, or 100. If you're bringing 30, great. If you're bringing 60, great. If you're bringing 100, great. Amen? At least you're bringing something. The man who went and buried his talent, he didn't bring anything. What happened? He lost what he was given. Because he didn't do anything with it. Oh, I know that you're a hard taskmaster. Where in the Bible did you ever read that God's a hard taskmaster? That's the, that's, that's Pharaoh. That was the Egyptians. That's the hard taskmasters. God's not a slave master. He's a, he's a, a free, he, he, he's a, an emancipator. So when we think God is hard and extracting something where he doesn't sow, that's ridiculous because that's not what the Bible overall teaches. Amen? All right, I'm off my soapbox now. You know, we got to attend to God's words. We got to take heed to God's words. Look at verse 23. Same chapter, verse 23. And if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. We got to take heed. Amen. How many has ears to hear? What are your ears to hear? They're here so that you can act. They're he- you're hearing so that you can do. You're hearing so that you can possess. You're hearing so that you can have. Amen. We got to be so ready to, to pounce on the word when we hear it. Amen? When that word comes, you're like, you're like Johnny Bench. Come on here. Put, put some pepper on that ball. Put it right here. Or you're like the Phillies catcher. I don't know. I don't know who the Phillies catcher is, but can the Phillies do it? Amen? Phillies fans? It'd be silly not to be a Philly fan now. Amen? Hallelujah. Hearing 
God's word must be coupled with heeding God's word, and that means acting on it, ready to do it, ready to put it into practice immediately. Amen? Okay, so how do we hear the word? We got to be teachable. Teachable, willing to learn something fresh and new. We, we must not hear the word like, oh yeah, I know that. Really? From what I look, you don't really know it too well. You know, most people who say they know it, they're not doing it. Because if you're doing it, you don't have to say that you know it. Because it shows it. Amen? A wise man doesn't reveal all of his things, right? Unless he's asked. So we got to be teachable. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4. You know, hearing will set you on a course for success. And uh, when Samuel was a young boy, he was learning how to hear God's voice. And he was a boy who was a result of a miracle. Because his mother, Hannah, had no children. And she was being persecuted by wife number two. You know, Elkanah had two wives at the same time, which is not a good thing. And any time that you violate God's family law, you will have trouble. <laughs> Jacob had trouble. There was competition anyway, but that's okay. That's another, that's for this weekend. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and by the way, if you, if you're part of, if you, if you were ever part of a family, you should come to this conference this weekend. It's good for singles. Married, men, women, children, it's good for everybody. Amen? Amen. And that we're going to get some good things. I believe that Holy Ghost is going to unction John George for some things. Amen? That are going to be imparted to us. All right, so uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 36. Out of heaven, he made you to hear his voice. Woo, you were made to hear God's voice. Every one of us are equipped to hear God's voice. You were made out of heaven to hear his voice. That he might instruct you. Well, aren't you glad that we have an instructor? God gave us the greatest instructor of all, Holy Spirit. And and upon earth he showed you his great fire. And you heard his words out of the midst of the fire. He's about to ready, he's about getting ready to move some molecules with that fire and molecules. Amen. That's a confirmation of Melissa's anointed, uh, announcements. And you heard his words out of the midst of the fire. And because he loved your fathers, therefore he chose their seed after them and brought you out in his sight with mighty power out of Egypt. Amen. But aren't you glad we are equipped to hear his voice? Go to Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. I want you to see these scriptures. I could quote a lot of these, but I want you to see it. Amen? Isaiah 119, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Two qualities, willing and obedient. You got to be both. Willing is receptive. Obedient is action-oriented. Okay? We gotta be ready to do the word. Go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Hallelujah. You all doing good this morning? 
you guys are going to be hearing some things after today. You'll hear things that will change your life. You'll hear things that will break old habits. You'll hear things that are going to break you out of cycles. Some of you have been in cycles for too long. It's time to break out of the cycle. You, you are not a little hamster running on a round wheel. I mean, just like the Israelites, let's go around. Oh, there's Big Ben. They're walking around the wilderness. Forty years, there's Big Ben again. Here, here we go. You know, all they had to do was believe God and break the cycle. But they were like little hamsters running on the wheel for 40 years. God never designed them to go through the wilderness 40 years. It was their talk of death. It was their talk of destruction. It was their talk of lack of faith. It was their doubting God that caused them to run around the wilderness for so long. It was not God's will. When you disobey God, you don't get God's will. You get punishment. You get pain. You get destruction. A whole generation had to die. Imagine two to three million people when a whole generation has to die. Imagine how many funerals were taking place in 40 years. Think about that. Luke 6, 46. And why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Ooh. Oh, yeah, people, people can say, Lord, Lord, and, oh, there's a Christian. Really? Let's watch him for just a little bit. Amen. Are his actions lining up with the Lord, Lord, that he's saying? Right. Whosoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom he is. He's like a man which built a house and dug deep and laid the foundation on a rock And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. Those who hear God's word and do it build their life on a rock, on a solid foundation, on an unshakable platform. When you build your life on the word, you will overcome every storm that comes. And storms will come. (laughs) But, verse 49, he that hears and does not is like a man without a foundation, built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. Let me say immediately. And the ruin of the house was great. Sin will cost you more than what you want to pay. It will take you further than where you want to go. When we hear God's word, we got to be in a position to do it. Amen? All right, go to John chapter 8, and then I'm going to close with John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Hallelujah. Mm. I could make this into a seminar, but... (laughs) Hallelujah. John chapter 8, verse 12. This is a power-packed passage. Then John eight twelve. then spoke Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall uh, not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So Jesus is the light. And if you're following Jesus, if you're following the word, where, where are you? You're in the light. You're out of darkness. Right? But if you're not in the light, then where are you at? You're in the darkness. 
You're either in the light or the dark. They're, they're, I'm, I'm in a shaded area. No. You're either light or dark. That's it. You're either for God or against God. You're either working for his kingdom or you're working against his kingdom. Jesus said, you're either for me or against me. All right. Then uh, the Pharisees, therefore, the religious people said, bear record of yourself. Your record is not true. (laughs) Yeah. I see the religious people as the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. They look big, but they're just full of fluff. (laughs) Verse 14, Jesus answered and said unto them, though I bear record of myself, my record is true. What's the record? The record is the word. The word records him being a, a, a descendant of David. The word records him being born. The word records, the word records, the word. Everything Jesus did was recorded as the scripture said. Jesus fulfilled the word. He fulfilled the law. He crossed every T. He dotted every I. And then he gave us the victory. And when we put our faith in Jesus, it's like we, we accomplished the law. Even though we didn't have to, he did it for us. I know where I came and where I go, but you cannot tell where I come and where I go. You judge after the flesh, I judge no man. Verse 16, and yet uh, if I judge, my judgment is true. The word's judgment is true. Okay? The word is the final authority on every matter. All right? Uh, verse 17, it is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am not one that bears witness of myself, or I am one that bears witness of myself, and the Father has sent me to bear witness of me. So he is con- in conjunction with God and the Father. Then they said unto him, where is your Father? Jesus answered, you neither know me, you don't know the Word, nor you know my Father. If you want to know God, you've got to know the Word. You can only know God through knowing the Word. Jesus is the word. He's the way to the Father. Amen. No man can get to the Father any other way. Okay. He said, uh, you neither know me nor my Father. See, if you don't know the word, you don't know God. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. Right? Because Jesus was the perfect representative of God. These words spoke Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple that no, and no man laid hands on him for his hour had not yet come. Then verse 21, and Jesus said unto them, I go my way and you shall seek me and shall die in your sins. Where I go, you cannot come. Right? In order to go where Jesus went, you got to be born again. You got to have faith in God, not in religion. Right, verse 22, then said the Jews, will he kill himself? Because he said, where I go, you cannot come. And he said unto them, you are from beneath, I'm from above. You are not of this world, I am, or you are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore uh, unto you that you shall die in your sins, for if you believe not, notice that phrase, believe not. Only a person can get saved if, if they believe the report about Jesus. But if you don't believe the report about Jesus, you're not saved. Amen? Believing makes it available and powerful to you. Whether you believe God's word or not, that doesn't change God's word, but it changes how it affects you. Whether someone believes or, or God's word or not, it doesn't matter. It's not going to change the, the power of God's word, but it will change how it affects them. 
and their situation. We got to believe what he said. All right. Um, and uh, let's uh, let's go down to verse uh, 26. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I have what? So both Jesus and the Holy Spirit speak what they hear. Jesus acts on the word that he hears. Holy Spirit acts on the word that he hears. So when he tells us to act on the word that we hear, he, he did the same thing. He's not telling us to do anything different than he did. Amen? We are equipped to respond to God's word. And we ought to respond in a positive way. Our response to every, all of God's promises are what? Yes and amen. They're yes. Yes, I receive. Amen. So be it. We're good. Everybody say yes. Amen. We're good. When it comes to healing, yes, amen, we're good. Or yes, amen, I'm healed. Let's say yes, amen, I'm healed. Let's say it again. Say yes, amen, I'm healed. One more time. Yes, amen, I'm healed. Yes, amen, I'm prosperous. Yes, amen, I'm filled. Yes, amen, I know my purpose. Those are all promises. And if all God's promises are yes and amen, then we can say yes and amen to every promise. See, and they're already done for us. He doesn't have to come back and do anything else. It's done, it's signed, and it's sealed. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit, amen? God sealed the deal. All right? So, verse 28. So Jesus speaks what he hears. Verse 28. Jesus said unto them, When you have lifted up up the Son of Man, then you shall know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as the Father has taught me, I speak these things. Jesus never spoke what what, what he didn't learn from the Father. Amen? And uh, go down to verse 31. We know this verse. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. Thank God there were a few Jews that believed. Amen? If you continue in my word. Everybody say, if you continue. What is the condition to being free from the word? Those three words, if you continue. There's no pause. Amen? You got to continue. The journey that you started, you got to continue. So many people take off ramps that's not on the map. And you wonder why you ended up where you ended up. Because you took an off ramp, the GPS was malfunctioning, and you weren't hearing God correctly, and you ended up in a mess. But, but... Repentance is a divine turnaround. If you found that you've ended up in a mess, you can repent, confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But get, get, get yourself out of the pig pen and get to the Father's house. You can either wallow with the pigs or have a party eating the pig or eating the fatted lamb, I guess. The only, the only person that didn't want to go to that party was the fatted calf. 
But see, here's the thing. When people fall into a mess, the devil wants to keep them in the pig pen. But you got to come to your mind and to your senses to get out of the pig pen. How do you get out of the pig pen? Get up. Start walking home. That's how you do. Get up and start walking home. And what's the father going to do? He's like, man, I've been waiting for you. Come here, sweetie. Let me give you a big hug. Get him a robe. Get him some sandals. Get him a ring. Restore his position. That's what the father's going to do. See, the, the, the devil will try to tell people, oh, don't go to the church. They're going to judge you. They're going to think bad about you. He's a liar. He can't tell the truth if it would save his life. Amen? All right, let me finish this. Verse 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you, you shall what? You got to know it in order to experience the freedom that it gives. Freedom in the truth comes from knowing the truth. It doesn't just come from the truth itself. You got to know it. How do you know it? You hear it and you believe it and you receive it. Glory to God. That's how you, that's how you get, that's how you become free. Amen. A minister, this guy came up for prayer and he said, could you pray for me? He said, I want to quit smoking. He said, it's, it's a bad habit. I know, I know I shouldn't do it, but I, I want to quit. And so the minister told him, he said, well, he said, if you're thinking about smoking a cigarette, say, thank God I'm free. He said, if you put a cigarette in your mouth and, and light it up and you start puffing on it, he said, thank God I'm free. He said, if uh, you want to take another cigarette, he said, just say, thank God I'm free. That man came back in about a month and said, guess what? I'm free. He was just simply speaking the word over a situation and that made him free. That, that broke that chain of bondage and that habit and God set him free. Amen? Amen. The word is the key to your freedom. Because, and it's the same word that the Holy Spirit speaks. Amen? You know, I bet Paul and Silas were sitting in that prison and they heard the Holy Ghost say, you ought to praise him. And, they, and Paul and Silas started praising God and, and that just changed the whole entire atmosphere. You know, the Bible doesn't record but what God said, but they started praising God. They must have been inspired in some way. Why did they wait till midnight? Because the Holy I mean, they were beaten and they're in chains in darkness. This just doesn't feel like the right atmosphere to praise God. But then at midnight, something inspired them. Hey, Paul, why don't you praise? Okay. And and they did it loudly because the other prisoners heard them. Amen? It's like Lydia. When she heard Paul preach, the Bible said that uh, God opened up her ears to hear. Amen? Hallelujah. God's opening up our ears today. I'm giving you a good ear cleaning. We're removing the wax. Why? So we can act on the word. Amen? Listen, if we're not willing to act on the word, we might as well just pack it up and go home. The word was, was, was meant to have a response to it. Amen? It wasn't meant to fall by the wayside. It wasn't meant to fall among thorns. It wasn't meant to fall among stones. It was fall, meant to fall on, on a good heart. Hallelujah. All right. So verse 34, 
Jesus answered them, said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever commits sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abides not in the house forever, but the son abides forever. If the son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. How free are you going to be if the son makes you free? Free Free indeed. How healed are you going to be when the son heals you? Healed indeed. How prosperous are you going to be if the son prospers you? Prosperous indeed. Amen? It's a guarantee. If you listen to the word and do what the word says, you are guaranteed victory. You are guaranteed success. God told Joshua, this book of the law should not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to what to do. Observe to do. Then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. Hallelujah. All right, go to 1 Thessalonians. This is my last scripture. I promise. Well, hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 2, verse 13. This is it. Got your shouting clothes on? We'll see. For this cause. Whoo, there's a cause. There's a cause. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. There's a cause that sparks praise. There's a cause that sparks rejoicing. There's a cause. For this cause, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually works in you that believe. I'm telling you, when you receive the word, it works, it begins to work effectively in you. The moment you believe it, the moment you take it into your heart, it's beginning to work. It's popping like popcorn, hallelujah. It's moving, it's generating, it's working to change your situation. We got to receive the word. This is not the word of Doug. This is the word of God. I don't aim to preach the word of Doug because that's not going to help you one bit. But I, I do claim to preach the word of God. Amen. And I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to stop. The word of God and the Holy Spirit. A lot of people in the body of Christ, they get that. They get words that are intellectual, informational, and educational. Oh, that was nice. That was good. But where's the power? I'm not here to educate you, inform you, or to tickle your ears, or to intellectual. I'm here to preach the, the word with the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? My job is just to preach the word, but the Holy Spirit's job is to activate it and perform it and to do it. Amen? Amen. So you're here today. And you have receptive hearing. Hallelujah. You're able to hear the word and you're willing to do it. No matter what. Amen? If you need healing, you need to be willing to be healed. You need to be willing to cut ties with everything else. And you don't do it on your own. Right? If you get healed and you're on medication, don't stop your medication unless you get the doctors okay. But, you know, the the woman with the issue of blood, you know why she went to Jesus? Because she heard. And she knew in herself that she was healed. Because she felt the virtue. You know, God's got some virtue that we can tap into today. How do we tap into it? By 
uh, believing what he said. Amen? So if you need healing in your body, come up. If you need help in your finances, come up. Hallelujah. If you need direction and guidance, come up in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Just be, and if you don't need to come up, you need to be praising God. Thanking Him for what you've heard today.